Welcome to the Crafty Ass Female Podcast, an audio show that talks about the resourceful ways we women are living our lives and the crafty projects we create in between. We are your hosts, Amanda Zampelli and Kristen Tweedale, and we believe you are a capable badass who already has all the tools you need to make beautiful things and make beautiful things happen. We're just here to remind you. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Kristen. Hey, Lauren. Hi, guys. Welcome to Crafty S Female. So listeners, today we have Lauren Hooper on the show, who is an artist currently living nearby Dubai and is formerly from South Carolina, who's all about, I love these three things, adventure, crafting, and storytelling. Perfect three words. Um, so you share your life and art on Instagram at Lauren Likes Blog is your handle. And you teach courses, you host a podcast, and you facilitate radiant art retreats, which are creative weekend art retreats with other crafty women. That is amazing. Welcome. Did all that sound correct? Yeah. About yes, right. Okay. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome. So welcome. So let's jump right into it with um you know, any one of those things I said you want to start with, or we can just start about, you know, from your creative backstory and kind of uh, early creativity and how this whole thing got started. So welcome to the show. Awesome. Yeah, let's go. (laughs) Were you a creative kid from the get-go? I have to say yes. Yes, absolutely. Yes. It was always my favorite thing. Um, I got every, like, uh, like, you know, tie-dye kit or spirograph or rock art <laughs> kit for Christmas. Like, those are all the, um, like, the gifts I got all the time. It's what I did always. In high school, for my 16th birthday, I asked for a sewing machine. And then my parents would, like, have to come into my room and be like, you have to go to bed because I was sewing. And it was really loud. Um, so it was super cool. And, yeah, I mean, I, I just loved, I've always loved making useful things. Um, so, I mean, I do paint a lot and that's really fun, but for the most part, a lot of my crafting is all useful stuff. So like in high school, I learned to make pillow cushions and curtains cause I needed some curtains in my room and purses and, um, and I've always been into the crafty business. You know, as a kid, I was selling those do, I don't even know what they're called. It's like those plastic string that you would kind of braid together and create oh, lanyard 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 yes but i don't know if there's like a technique to it called right i know exactly what you're talking about though the the specific plastic ones that you would like Mm -hmm. make like keychains out of and then like you'd hang them on your backpack (laughs) and like they'd be tassily and they'd come in like neon colors and it would be so cool yes that was my first creative business was selling those um that i can remember uh and then i moved on to selling handmade purses and selling handmade jewelry and it just you know, kind of grew and spiraled from there. And I started college and I didn't want to be a fine artist because I can't like paint portraits of people, but I also didn't know what else to do that was for art. And I didn't want to be an art teacher. So I decided on interior design and I double majored interior design and social work. And within like four minutes, I realized that that was like dumb and impossible. And I really still didn't know what I wanted to do as an interior designer. So I switched to social work. And um, so that's what two of my degrees are in are, are in social work and therapy. But the creativity just always kind of carried through. I was always, you know, in my room in college, like sewing stuff or decorating my room. And people always came to me as the crafty person. Um 
and then it turned into a business which brought us to where we are now i love that wow (laughs) on on the note of where we are now so can you tell us where are you now great question uh (laughs) So I was, like I said, a social worker for about eight years. And on the side, I started an art journaling business and an art journaling community called Get Messy Art. I know you guys know what that is. And it just grew and grew and grew. And so eventually we were living in Korea and the business had gotten so big, I had to choose. And I chose the business. And so I left my social work job and was running Get Messy full time up until right at a year ago exactly. And I was lonely at home and I wanted to be with other people and I wanted to create in person with people, not just online. And so I hosted uh, the first art retreat in person and fell in love. And it was my favorite thing that I'd ever done. And I was also really missing social work and I wanted to. Um, find a way to be more involved with some nonprofits. And so I started traveling and working with nonprofits all over the world who were creating good in the world. And I decided that I wanted to explore those, those two things full time. And so I started Radiant Art Retreats, which are week or weekend long luxury affordable art retreats where we come together and make awesome stuff and go cool places and eat amazing food for a long weekend or a week. And I work with nonprofits and and I just do all kinds of things. And I I like to say that my business explores the intersection of travel, creativity, and good in the world. So that's where we are now. I love that. So how has the now times impacted your business? Not not well, you guys. Um, (laughs) So this was definitely not the best year to go full-time travel-based businesses. So I don't know if anyone knows what's happening in the world, but um, all the airports are shut down everywhere. So people aren't traveling and they're not booking travel and they're not coming to retreats right now. And I sell um, travel journals, which I just had redesigned and they are so beautiful. They're they're like um, a journal, a scrapbook and an art journal all in one. And they've got all these amazing prompts and things. And they're gonna be so amazing when the airports open up you guys and we can go places again. Um, So yeah, so it's been hard and not what I expected out of this year at all, but thankfully I am still teaching online courses. So I've been able to pour so much time and energy into my online courses and I am just loving the live community portions of them right now because I'm getting to do what I love to do and connect with people even online and explore our creativity together that way. Where can listeners see all your courses or find them and click them? Everything I do is at lauren-likes.com and the courses are there, my podcast is there, retreats are there, all that good stuff. Cool. And to backtrack a little bit, um, you were saying that for eight years when you were doing social work, you did like a art journal on the side, get messy art. Like why art journaling, I wonder? If your creativity, you remember, was always like useful things. Not to say, duh, art journaling's not useful, totally is, but it's not in the same way as like a useful thing that you design, like it's much more free. So I was just wondering why, why do you think it went there? Because it was the step from making useful things to making art, mm. you know? 
if I saw a need in my house, you know, we needed coasters. I would, you know, get some Mod Podge and some craft paper and some tiles from the like Lowe's and we would make coasters. Um, but they were just always like little DIYs and I wanted to be an artist, you know, but I didn't know how. I didn't really know what my artistic style was and what to create and what I wanted to create that was, you know, unique in the art sense. And so um, I started exploring art journaling and just putting paint on paper and seeing, do I like this? Am I good at that? What What is this like? And um, I loved it. It was just such a different, unique form of expression. Um, you know, just like we were talking earlier, it's a great form to process what's happening um, and just to experiment and try new things out. And so that's kind of how that came about. And I just never expected it to, to completely change and transform my life the way it did. Good answer. I understand that. Do you have a favorite like book or medium to use when you art journal or it's just a different collection of things? I am pretty um, varied in, in what I create, but I do love acrylic paint. I do like to paint abstracts and that that would be kind of my chosen medium if I could only choose one thing. I'm like taking notes. <laughs> it's like what I do lately when I interview people. It's my notes. When so. you're doing your art journal pages, do you find that you start with the story or do you start with supplies? Mm, that's a good question. It totally depends. So, okay, so here's two different examples. The I just posted a page that you guys commented on. Um, and I had made the page a long time ago and I don't know, I believe someone was kind of showing how to use, um, modeling paste in your art journal pages. And so I tried it out and I had modeling paste on the page and then I like tossed in some watercolor to see what that would do, how it would react with the, the modeling paste. And then it sat for like a year or two or three. And then the other day I had this idea for a page about the ideas that were really conflicting in me right now of grief and relief and how I was feeling about the pandemic. Um, and so I just kind of had this vision of like these just two big words at the page and then just journaling. And so I just went through my art journal and just flipped through it. And I found a page that already had that, that cool background done and was just able just to write on top of it. So sometimes they're just kind of born out of experimentation or just extra paint on the page. And then um, right now I'm working on a page that I kind of just had a vision for. I just like saw it. I don't really know how else to explain it. Um, totally. I just, just saw a black page with these white kind of like tree circles on them with these really colorful pink letters on it. And so that's what I'm painting right now. And that's what I'm working on. So it, they start all different ways, always. I think that's really great to explain because I think a lot of people feel like they don't have a process mm. and because they don't have a process, then they're doing it wrong. And when, you know, when your process can sometimes start with a photo, sometimes it starts with a story, sometimes it starts with a paintbrush, and sometimes it's like, oh, okay, I want to make this now. And sometimes, you know, this now doesn't turn out like you thought it would. And, so, and that's, that can be totally okay. 
And even if when it doesn't, it's a great learning experience. But, you know, you don't have to have it all figured out. And that's the fun of this thing. Exactly. And I think that's what I love so much about art journaling is it allows me to respond to whatever's happening, you know, so I was feeling these very conflicting feelings. So I was able to go to my art journal page and explore those on the page. Um, recently, I created a page from Ashley Bowden. I don't know if you guys know who she is. Uh, she's incredible. She runs the Imperfect Boss um, Instagram account, and she is doing a poetry project. And so she posted a poem and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm making that. Like it was just amazing. <laughs> and so I immediately printed it out and went and created a page based on what the poem was about. And so it just allowed me to respond to this thing that I had encountered and these things that I was feeling um, with so many variables, you know, sometimes there's paint, sometimes there's collage, sometimes there's confetti in there. Um, it's just such an open art form. It's really fun. I love how you answered that because what I, because I feel like Kristen's saying some people are afraid that they don't have a process, but I feel sometimes going through the process is it. That's it. Like you needed to fear, figure out how to make, it was those circle pieces on the page, right? That I saw, what was it? The, the, what was it, was it that you used? Right. So you needed to just go through the process of experimenting that. And that was the art journaling for the day. It wasn't tied to a story or whatever. And I love the idea that like a year later you revisited it, but that was there because the process to explore that medium needed to happen. And I love that. And I'm noticing now this year, my chosen form of projecting has been in a passion planner. And I'm like, you know, I make a spread a week because it's in a planner, but there's so like there's three things that happen throughout the week. There's the 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 time that I just need to go through the process of sticker putting downing like that just needs to be that day's right. worth of it. Then there's the part of it that needs to be, OK, let me write in my plan so I can get the, something done. So then there is the planning. And then at the end of it all, I have a space to memory keep. So there's three at any given point in one week spread. I'm doing I'm using it for three different things, which I think is exactly kind of what you were explaining, like. The other day had to be the story of grief and relief, but a year ago it was the the need to go through the process of the medium. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> so good. So good. So. Well, hold on, Amanda. Just a go. second. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. And I think that, that the social media gets us caught up in that. Because, like, you saw Lauren's page and you, you know, had she not explained this to us that oh yeah, this page took a year to put together, you would have thought, oh, you know, maybe Lauren whipped this up in 30 minutes. Sure, right. Because I know that, like, I fall into this trap and a lot of people fall into the trap of seeing something on social media that, and, like, obviously your art journaling page is not staged, but, you know, seeing things that are, staged on social media and not even like staged in like a bad way but you know you made the pillows look nice or you you fixed the couch before you took the photo or you know like I took a picture of my pizza the other day and I made sure that the salt and the pepper were not in the shot (laughs) you took the way that you take a picture is not real life and so the way that you react to a picture you don't know all the context And so 
you can't possibly know all of the context of someone else's art unless you have a conversation with the artist. And I think we don't give ourselves enough grace or have conversations with ourselves as artists about like what our process looks like. Like sometimes it can be really fun to just sit there and like make handmade embellishments for yourself that you can use in your journals later. And one of the things that I love doing as part of the Awesome Ladies Project is our Friday night hangouts. And the fun thing about that is you get to sit and talk and hang out with people. And so I can't do anything like journaling or something that requires me to sit and think and be precise. So I have to do fun things like stamp and make things that I would use like in other projects. But that's part of the process. And like that counts, that's art. And so when you do little arts, when you do little crafts, that counts as being an artist too. And I feel like we don't give ourselves enough credit for, you know, just taking five minutes and putting down some paint on a page and letting it dry so you can have a background for later. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And I'll push you even further. Uh, even if you're not painting, but you are cooking a meal and you're paying attention to how colorful all the vegetables in it are, or you're trying a new recipe, or you're trying a new ingredient in it, or you're gardening, or you're arranging the pillows nicely on your couch, or you're making up a game to play with your kid. Those are all art forms. Those are all creative acts. That is all what living a creative lifestyle comes down to, and that makes you an artist. Absolutely. 100%. And... I think I've, I'm going to sound like a broken record because I know I've said it like literally every single time we've had the show this season. No one's life has gotten easier. Yes, we're home. Yes, you know, we don't have to, people don't have to commute or whatever. But it's not like we were handed manuals on how to do this. It's not like we were handed like, here's the simplification table to make everything more simple. And so, exactly, if you made up a game to play with your kid, if you are cooking actual food and you're like, oh yeah, let's use a red pepper and a yellow pepper and an orange pepper, dude, you're golden. Like, how cool is that? You know, if you pull out the pretty pot because it's going to make the kitchen table look nicer. It's very cool. Yeah, I love that you made that point. And I, th when I think about all the research I've done on you for this show, like you run the gamut of different things you like to craft, I guess, or use for storytelling. So like currently we're in the middle of the 100-day project. And would you mind telling our listeners kind of what you've decided to do for the 100 days? And then maybe we can go into some courses you teach and or retreats coming up because I feel like you do so you dabble in so many things that anyone could kind of get inspired by yeah and that's that's always my goal is making my you know I will get bored so my creativity has to be very wide mm -hmm. um, but I want people to feel included and I think that the more 
um, versatile you are in your creativity, the better of an artist you are. And so sometimes I will have retreats. So I have one retreat coming up, which I don't know the dates of anymore, but it's going to happen. It's going to be awesome. And it's all about portraiture and seeing yourself as art and in your art. And so it's a, it's a very tightly themed. So we're going to learn how to take good creative portraits of yourself, how to paint portraits. Um, it's going to be a really cool focused retreat. But I've also done a retreat where we learned to um, weave, paint galaxies, um, paint, um, uh, do field sketching. So sketching like landscapes, what's in front of you. Um, I mean, just like runs the gamut it's so like you'd be like i don't know what the theme of that is um but the theme of it is is your creativity and finding way creative ways to do everything that you're doing and stretching your creative skills because the more different things you dabble in you will bring little bits of that and put it all together i love liz gilbert talks about the flight of the hummingbird um you guys know that talk she gave where hummingbirds go through and cross pollinate everything and they create new things and new ideas from that and i feel like that is definitely who i am and what i do and what i encourage people to do um, in their art and in their creativity it's not to be not to have that tunnel vision yeah i re i saw that because that's the 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 one that's coming up most immediately is that yourself in the art, and mm -hmm. I I looked into it, and I saw it, and that, it's I was struck and so inspired by the the self portrait painting, and I was like, and then I looked her up, and I was like, oh, I would love for her to teach. You know, it just it, it's weird how that happens. Like mm -hmm. maybe just someone it wouldn't have been as impactful, but just. When I was researching you, I was like, oh, my God, I want to do that. I want to take a picture of myself and paint. Like it just some things just strike you and it could be so many different kinds of things. I feel like I'm a broken record now. But anyway, so so then what are you doing for the 100 day project? Yes. OK, Which awesome. Also very different, but cool. It is also totally different. So my project is called Stories from Here. And I developed it four years ago. I was living in Korea and I was getting ready to move and I wanted to leave well and I wanted to say goodbye and I wanted to capture what our life was like because for three years we did nothing but travel and explore and I had a million photos and there was no way I was ever going to be able to sit down and scrapbook or go through all of those. And I was really sad about leaving because I loved Korea so, so much. And the 100 day project was coming up and we would be moving in the middle of the project. So I knew I couldn't do anything physical, like a painting project. So what I decided to do was combine them all. And every day for 100 days, I shared a photo from our time in Korea and a story about it. And it was one of the best projects I've ever done. Changed. It was just so impactful, changed so much for me. And in ways I just never expected, my photography obviously grew and got so much better, um, but people were really interested in this storytelling process. And people started doing their own stories from here projects and they started asking a lot of questions about it. And people were just so interested because it was such like an educational project about what it was like to live in Korea. And people still bring it up to me to this day. They're like, oh, I remember that Korea project you did. It was so cool. Um, and 
we're moving again now. So we've lived here in the Middle East for three years now and we're moving. And so I was like, well, perfect time. Uh, so I turned it into a course and it's currently not open for registration, but will be again in um, late summer, early fall. But it teaches you the whole process. And so I'm doing the same project again, but I'm saying goodbye to the Middle East. And so I'll be sharing for the next hundred days, a photo of our time here and a story about what it was like to live in the Middle East. And then at the end, I print them in a book and I can sit them up on my um, coffee table or on the shelf and have a quick snapshot of exactly what our life looked like here, because you're going to forget things, you know, even if you never move, like think about your favorite restaurant that you went to 10 years ago. Like, do you remember the name of it? Do you remember the name of the waitress that you loved or um, just little things like that? Like the world changes around us, even if we feel like we aren't changing, but we definitely are. And right now everything is changing for everyone, like no questions asked. And so this is a perfect time. So I've got about 65, 70 people who are going through the project with me right now. And people are documenting everything from what life is like going through Corona, what, you know, their hobbies are, what, you know, their childhood home was like, and it's just a really cool project to be able to tell your story. And I love it. I love telling stories, obviously, and taking photos. And I just notice it makes me be very aware and very grateful for the little things because these are not like, because, you know, we all take pictures of vacation and share those and talk about the big, big moments. But being able to think about like your morning routine or, you know, the sweet little neighbor kid who comes and walks your dog sometimes, like that's a really small moment that people don't tend to capture and talk about a lot, but it is really important to who we are. And so that is my goal with this project is to capture those small moments and, and be grateful for them and celebrate them. I love that. It's so wonderful. I totally identify. Were you, were you done, Kristen? Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you had any more to add. I totally identify because i I'm not doing the 100 day project per se. I've done it in the past where I've chosen like a specific thing and it went all 100 days. This time around, like I started it early, not when the official day, whatever. And it was kind of in my head like this, like shelter in place at home. Like what three things do I want to focus on for 100 days? Whatever. One of them was to blog every day. Now, it hasn't happened but I, to me, this time around, it's not about doing it every day for 100 days, just seeing how much in 100 days, you know, I get done. I've been bubbling the days that I do. But the exact, exactly what you said is what I've been feeling. We're like this, I love blogs. And like, I love that your handle has the word blog in it because I know like it, there's something to it for me, like the long form story and the special place, not the IG place. You know what I mean? Like the special place you have for yourself and your creativity and your home on the internet. But I love, like, I want to revisit digitally stories because I feel like as memory keepers and even as art people, we do a lot with paper and a lot physically and tangibly, but the stories can also live with a picture and some words. Like, so I love that. So that's, that's how I've been approaching it with the blog is like, what stories from the past year do I want to tell and re-bring up that I didn't get to because life and da 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 so I totally get that. Like, I've been really thinking a lot this year about the different homes for my creativity. Like, when is I IG story at the highlights, the home? Or, like, when is, like, you know, so 
I totally get what you were saying about, and I love your 100 day project. And I love that other people can jump on the hashtag of it. Or like yeah, yeah, that. it's very fun. And that's why I encourage people, like if you want to tell your story, please use the hashtag. Um, and a couple of things about what you said. I loved that you described your the places on the internet as home. And that's one thing I talk about is like your Instagram stories disappear. And so people, we're recording a lot of life in these things that disappear and that go away and they're just going away you guys like we need to keep them somewhere else and that's what memory keeping or storytelling or blogging or whatever it is that you do um however you choose is really really important um because you know instagram is going to be like myspace one day it's it's going to be gone and as much as sad as that makes me and as much as i know i'm going to lose because i put so much there that i don't put anywhere else um, you know, my goal is, is always trying to move it over to, like you said, my own blog or my scrapbook or just anything that I know that I can keep it for real in. Yeah, I think that's so important. I think that's such a good point is that, again, you know, like we don't own our Instagram content. And so if Instagram just decides to stop existing one day and or change or do whatever, all that stuff will be gone. And that sucks. Like it sucks, it sucks for us, but also it sucks that we don't get to have that stuff that we got to interact with other people with. Mm -hmm. So like, I can't see your stuff. I can't see Amanda's stuff. And luckily like you guys have awesome blogs and I know your email addresses and you guys have newsletters that you send out that are awesome. So we have ways to connect and you both preserve your memories in ways that are longer lasting than social media. And so I think that you both set really good examples of that. But I think, and well, I think this is a really good time for us to like remind people. And I think people are doing a good job of remembering like, okay, this is a weird time we are and should be documenting it and not just on social media because if there's one thing that i've been hearing from every single person that i've talked to is that they're spending too much time on social media these days and i don't think anyone i think everyone just feels it's kind of inevitable like you're stuck at home. The only thing that's going on is stuff outside the house and you can't really go there. And so the only link that you have to outside the house is your phone. It is social media. That's where the news is. That's where the updates on the real world are. And it's also where a lot of our friends are. And so they're like, how are you finding that balance, Lauren? Especially as someone living abroad. Yeah, that's a great question. So I think I'm a little ahead of the curve a little bit because I only can connect with people online, um, you know, like my family and my friends back home and I work online. And so, you know, it's funny, like all my friends are calling me now and they're like, how do I do this? What do I do? Um, and, you know, I'm like, oh, nothing's changed for me. But you're right. I have been really overwhelmed with everything that's happening online right now. Every time I open Instagram, like, 42 people are live 
and like a bunch of famous people are live all the time now and i just had to stop i was like that is like out of control and i feel like we've passed the hump of where everything was coronavirus related and now people are getting back to normal and i noticed that for myself um when it was too much when it was all about coronavirus and everybody was on the internet just nonstop. what i fell back to was blogs my favorite bloggers from the past 10 years are still posting diys recipes and home tours and that's what i love or talking about what their kids are playing like it's just so nice and comforting to be able to go back to just the normal things that i love and um focus in on that and also it pushed me to lean more into um friendships through technology but more intentionally so today we all set up our computers and some friends of all like a bunch of people a bunch of us um had lunch together on zoom and my girlfriends we have a um group text message and we moved it into Marco Polo so now we can see each other's faces even though we've been we've been friends for like 15 years now and we have texted each other every single day for 15 years um and they all live in the states except me and we just moved to Marco Polo and I'm like oh this is a game changer like I love this you know I just get to see their dogs um their husbands their kids like them walking around their house in their pajamas like this is the greatest thing that's ever happened, you know? Um, And it's just made us feel so much more connected. And so those have been the two things that I've been leaning into is reading just normal blogs that I love and being more intentional with connecting with my friends more than on social media. Two good things that all listeners can start doing now, which I love. I love that in an answer. Marco Polo is an app. Yeah, it's like if FaceTime and texting had a baby. It's amazing. And it's free. So easy to use. So it's literally just videos. You just video yourself talking, like almost like a text message. Um, And then whenever they get online, they see your video and they answer back in video. Cool. Okay. Yeah. I link to all this good stuff. So it's really nice. I like having it because then I, I I can't do. I don't like phone calls, so therefore I don't like FaceTime. Mm-hmm. I really like text messages, so mm-hmm. therefore Marco Polo is, is good. Mm-hmm. And so, like, yeah, I can totally handle that because, like, I can respond on my own time instead of being like, okay, give me your face now. I'm not yes. a, Yeah, I'm not a give me your face now type person. So, yeah. And also... Marco Polo is so great when you are trying to be like, okay, let me explain this thing, but you need to see it. Mm -hmm. Because that is not a text message thing at all. Yes. And there's no like videos on your phone that are sitting, you know, because if you take like a long video of yourself talking and then it's like taking up space on your phone. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Or, and then, like, you try to send it through text message and then it just sits there forever (laughs) and it's like, yeah no yeah it's 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 a technology upgrade huge game changer it really is and it does make you feel like i said like all my girlfriends are just like one girlfriend's packing her house up one's got like the cutest tiny little baby that she's home with and you know so it's just like like i said people just walking around their house in their pajamas and it feels like we're like hanging out um 
so I love it and I just get to see like little glimpses into their into their lives that I wouldn't on FaceTime I love that I love that me too I'm excited to check that out yeah it's very fun I was thinking when we were talking about social media like the the whole idea of like I think where was it I think it was in Elise's book when we did it for book club big dreams daily joys where she was like it's not so much that social media is the problem it's the ratio of how much you're taking in versus putting out or like staying in i don't i don't like put out you don't always have to put out but taking in versus staying in your own lane i guess if you just adjust the ratio so that you're more staying in your own lane it won't be as like overwhelming you know oh sure just like minding your own business (laughs) yeah Right, like you are just minding like everyone putting, else's business. Right. I like putting it that way, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, okay. Yeah, totally. Right. If you are spending five hours on – right, sure. If you're spending five hours on Instagram curating content for other people and engaging in conversations with people because, you know, you have DMs or you have group DMs or you're, you know, really talking to your friends, it's completely different than if you're just – you know, scrolling the explore feed and clicking like on memes and trolling in the comments. Yeah, I think it's what moves you to action, too. You know, like, I have seen some recipes and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go make that because I don't have anything else to do. You know, or like Ashley shared yes. that poem and so I immediately went into my craft room and created a page from it. You know, and you can tell the difference in what's making you, like, feel tired versus mm-hmm. what's giving you energy right and that's i think that's so much what it is it's like sometimes i'm tired and like i'll go on my phone for a 15 minute break and like great that is instead of a nap and then sometimes i'll go on my phone for a 15 minute break and then it's like oh, okay now i actually need to go to sleep <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and and you know, sometimes I know that I need to just go straight to sleep, and sometimes I just really want to just play on my phone for 15 minutes because the world is a weird place right now, and, you know, what else are we going to do except play on our phones for 15 minutes at a time sometimes? And, you know, I'm not going to beat myself up for that, and I don't think we, and I don't think any of us should beat ourselves up for that. But, you know, once it veers into, like, an hour or two on the phone, that's why I love that the phones have the timers on them. And they're like, you know, please don't let me spend more than an hour on this app, or please don't let me spend more than a half an hour on this app, or please cut me off at this time. Because I think when it comes to things that are actually addictive like phones like social media it's nice to have some help of like hey are you sure you really want to be watching this netflix show still are you still watching this you know are you do you are you do you still want to be on instagram and like yes sometimes i still do want to be on instagram thank you for asking me and then sometimes the question pops up and it's like yeah, no. Thanks for that <laughs> reminder. I'm going to go in the other room, have a glass of water, and figure out what I should be eating because I probably should be eating right now. Yes. And I think, like, 
if we all remember the HALT acronym, hungry, angry, lonely, tired, if we find ourselves scrolling on social media a little bit too long and we are like, oh, am I hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? Maybe we should do something to take care of that instead of being on social media. Unless, I mean, some whole social media can't feed us. But it can make us less lonely sometimes. But I feel like we ha- all have better connections than social media. We have texting. We have Marco Polo. We have Zoom. We have the actual telephone, if you like that kind of thing. But, you know, it's just like the easy thing. Social media is the junk food of communication. <laughs> it is. Sometimes just- you want it. Well, yeah. and sometimes, sometimes <laughs> you just kind of need it. And it's like, you know yeah. what, whatever. Here's my 10 minutes. I'm going to just take these cheese doodles and watch this YouTube video. And then I'll go to my next meeting. And so, you know, there's not really anything you can do in that time. But other times you have two hours and you should probably just be preparing real dinner. Yeah. And I also noticed that I'm never mad about the time I spend on Instagram looking at memes and watching Jimmy Fallon videos. <laughs> but I am mad when I just like scroll endlessly and I'm like, who are these people? What is even this junk? You know? How did I get down this far? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what rabbit hole is this? Yeah. No, I think that's totally, I think that's totally accurate. So Lauren, this season we've been asking everybody our six season six theme question which is how has resilience come up for you in your life i love this question so much resilience is one of my core life values i think it's like i think it's what makes and breaks people you know like your success is totally dependent on your ability ability to be resilient um and i think being an expat and living overseas if you are not resilient, you just, you go home. Like there's just no other way around it. Um, And I can just think of a million examples um, of how resiliency is just what's gotten me through this life of being an expat and living overseas. Um, You know, when I think about like driving here, driving here is horrifying. I've been in accidents, people try to run me off the road. Like it's crazy like oh my goodness I don't even know how to explain it it is so aggressive and it's like driving through a bowl full of spaghetti and everybody's blindfolded Uh, (laughs) it's just a mess um but you know what I still want to go places so I still gotta get in the car and drive um and it's hard because I have so much anxiety in general and then you know craziness is happening but it's just the ability to like shake things off and keep going especially like i said with living overseas everything is so hard because don't speak the language i don't understand the process and then there's like all these cultural differences that are wrapped up in it um i started getting tickets for my car not being registered recently and i was like that's so weird so i literally just ignored it because i was like that's not right and um, finally, I got a message that said my car was going to be, like, impounded. And I was like, well, guess I should deal with that. So I go over to the place, the, like, literal, like, it's called, like, car registration center. And I was like, hey, they said my car's not registered. And they were literally said to me, you need to go somewhere else. 
I was like, um, I'm sorry, where other than the car registration place would I go to register my car? And she shows me a handwritten sign that has these just words on it. And I was like, I don't know what those words are for starters. And second, I really, really feel like you should be able to help me with this. And I ended up leaving because it was just not working out for me. And it just took time and time again. I had to drive to another city eventually. I had to pay all these fines. Um, they had changed the car registration process, but not told anyone. Or again, it was another handwritten sign. Um, <laughs> and it was just a mess. But it was just one of those things where, like, we just had to keep going back and, like, keep trying. And people were not helpful. And our car is now registered and it is now fine. Um, but it's just the only way to exist in a place that you don't, you don't know the rules. Does that answer that your question? Yeah, no, that sounds like uh, one of those movies where this is like, oh, okay, this can't actually be real thing. But uh, handwritten signs, wow. Yeah, and she's like, how do you not know? And I was like, how do you not know? Yeah. <laughs> is this the only sign in existence about yeah. this? Because she, yeah, she just like, turn around and write the sign. like. Yeah. She had a whole like stack of handwritten signs and she like went through them and like pulled this one out and showed it to me. And I was like, oh that's God. not real. That's not real. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. That's one of the best stories I've heard in a really long time. I really like that. That's so horrible. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, Kristen, I know you were doing it too. As she was telling that story, you were thinking about how you would have handled it. And I was like, I would have not have driven to that extra city. I would have just like had a nervous breakdown <laughs> I, in front of that sign. Handwritten sign? handwritten sign is is pretty that's special that's really special especially at a place called car registration center <laughs> i know like, i was like what, do you need what me to show you the it? sign like like what what was the purpose of the building if it was not to register cars anymore like <laughs> what what was the function of it what were they doing by inside? title of this building you should be able to help me yep. <laughs> yeah no okay but, but like i'm thinking too like our symbol for resilience is like a fist in the air, like fist pumping. Like that's what I decided to do for the design of like that episode, whatever. But how often is resilience not in that for sure empowered symbol? Like it's sometimes it's like frustrated tears. Like, you know what I mean? But it, resilience can still show up like that. I, as you were talking, Lauren, I was thinking about like the uncharted territory of what remote teaching has been. And that was me and my fellow grade teachers the other day when we were, when I made a Google form and poured my heart and soul all day into this form that it was my job to make, you know, to give to the other teachers. They had their jobs for the week and we were sharing all these resources and we couldn't figure out, like I shared it with them, but anything they were doing on it was changing my classrooms and we couldn't figure out how to like we just were like on the like a four-way call I was like about to cry I was like I can't I have a period this week I was like I can't take this I was like I don't like just but that you know was kind of like we weren't gonna give up like we were just yeah, like, figuring yeah, this out but like that's I feel like what a lot of us are facing it's just like uncharted territory no matter what field you're in and how frustrating it could be and then just like we do we don't feel empowered to keep going or empowered to like deal with the nonsense, which in the whole picture of it is nothing much at all, but you know what I mean? 
It's well, true. Well, in the moment, it's pretty, it's pretty annoying and terrifying. Like, well, that's what I mean. They're going to yeah. take my car away because some lady has a handwritten sign <laughs> at the place that literally says, like, <laughs> car registration center? That's crazy. Yeah. That's and well and you know what I think I'm thinking about is in Joy's episode when she talked about resiliency being a the the push forward and like that's all that this is is this movement forward when all it is is unknown territory like where are you supposed to go from car registration center <laughs> uh, right yeah. the, uh, unknown literally uncharted territory so it's you have to be resilient because it is just completely unknowns unknown unknowns yeah yeah i feel like we're all in that place right now like everyone's job's online everyone's on lockdown school to close like i don't know i've never been here before but you know what we gotta keep going guys like that's just what it is and it's and it's gonna you know whatever it's gonna work out we'll all still be here i still have a car you know you'll your kids will still be here, like, whether or not they learn all their math or not. Right. Yeah. Right. And if they don't learn their math, like, the kids in their class are also not learning their math. Yeah. Yeah. So they'll all go to, like, fifth grade next year and not know math together. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, their fifth grade teacher is going to have to deal with that. Right. Mm-hmm. But well, we're going to get what? third graders that don't know third grade math, so. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you know what? You made it through. You all survived and you all pushed forward together and figured totally. it out. And and we'll have to figure out different ways to be resilient even after this is done in mm-hmm. new and innovative ways. Mm-hmm. And it'll be it'll be interesting. Everything yeah. is new and interesting adventures. Even when we're locked inside houses. Yep. True. Good answer, Lauren. That sparked a lot for me. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to conclude this episode with our currently round, which we take um, the promise from Kristen's currently card. Listeners can find it areyoukristen.com slash currently, and we read them aloud on the podcast. Are you ready, Lauren? I'm ready. Okay, what are you currently watching? Tiger King over and over again. <laughs> so you did finish it, but now you're restarting again. Oh, I'm going to restart it and watch it live on Instagram stories. So if anyone wants to be a part of that, it is <laughs> it's going to be quality internet content, you guys. It's what I'm I'm it's here to serve. So out of control. Yeah, I just saw the last one yesterday. Oh gosh. Did I you can't. watch it, Kristen? <gasps> it's unbelievable. It is. <laughs> What are you currently reading? I'm currently reading a book called The Crow Girl. It is a Swedish novel that's been translated. Very cool. It's kind of terrifying. I just want people to be very aware if they want to look it up. Ugh. It's it's real heavy. It's about a lot of weird murder. So, mm. Sounds about right. I, I got it off the bookshelf at the... Um, the puppy training school that we take our dog to they have this bookshelf by the door and they were like take a book and so i grabbed it (laughs) (laughs) it's cute light puppies and the the crow girl (laughs) yep it's it's terrifying (laughs) what are you currently listening to brene brown's new podcast 
unlocking us. Very cool. Yeah. Second guess to mention it. Ooh, it's good. It's good. Is it weekly? Yes, I believe so. Yes. Cool. What are you currently making? I'm trying to think if I'm doing more than just an art journal page. I think I'm just art journaling right now. Very cool. Grief and relief. Yep. What are you currently feeling? <sighs> All the things. <laughs> yes. All at one time. Yep. That is the answer. Yeah. <laughs> what are you currently planning? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I am planning a world move. Um, we, my husband has quit his job here in the Middle East. We are 90% sure we're moving back to America. Wow. Um, at some point in June, the airports are all closed and we have nowhere to go and nowhere to live. So if anyone has, um, would like two roommates with a cute dog, call us. <laughs> That's fun. You definitely are planning something. Mm -hmm. And not planning anything at all, because how do you plan that? that's that's an interesting one yep you're planning to plan once planning opens back up again that's exactly i know yep. that's i literally wrote out i was cleaning up whatever and i had this posted of all the weddings like every time so many weddings this year and so many of them canceled already. So I just wrote out, like, all the plans we did have. And I've just been putting that, po like, I put that post-it, like, on June 1st. And I said, I guess <laughs> I'll put this in my planner when it's time to plan again. Like, I don't know. Okay. Gotcha. Um, what, and lastly, what are you currently loving? Ooh, movies on the lawn. We have a projector. It's called a <gasps> Nebula. And it's like a speaker and a projector all at once. And so on our apartment building has these big white walls. And so we go and sit out there and watch a movie. And it is so lovely. Is the That's weather always amazing. warm? The weather is always warm. It rotates between like perfect, amazing weather and stuck your head in an oven. Mm. That's so perfect, amazing yeah. weather with projected movies. It's so... You never Instagrammed that? <laughs> I need to. I need to. We, we watched, last night we watched Troop Zero and it was so cute. I want to see it. I love it's like good. everyone in that movie. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, they're the all fantastic. This interview is awesome. I, it, I've loved talking to you. It has Thanks been so wonderful. Thanks for joining us. This yeah, has been fantastic. Thanks for having me. It has been you very fun. You are so welcome. Anytime that you want to come back on, you just tell us. I'm ready. This has been, yes, this has been fantastic. We will be back next week. Um, and I cannot believe it is almost actual summertime soon. Who knows what's going to be in store this summer? It's got to be better than what's been. <laughs> I, it's going to be, it's going to be worse. interesting. It, yeah. it, it's going to be an interesting summer. That's, that's for sure. We'll be back next week, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in with Lauren, who is amazing. We are going to head over to After Chatter to chat a little bit more. If you want to find that on both audio and video, you can head over to patreon.com slash craftyassfemale and support the show for just $5 a month, where we have access to over 100 videos, 
and 100 audio sessions with lots of amazing artists like Lisa Congdon, Ali Edwards, Austin Cleon, uh, Amber Kemp-Gristel, and Kaylee Gray, and so many more people. Just incredible. 100, more than 100 now. So, go and support the podcast so that we can keep making wonderful, amazing episodes for listeners like you and bring you wonderful, amazing guests like Lauren Hooper. And let's go over and chat on the After Chatter Show. We love you and we'll see you next week, guys. Have an amazing rest of your day. Bye.